Hi, Rachel. Hey, Jim. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. So uh, here we are, our second episode of Yes and, and no. no. Yes. Yes. Um, who are we talking to today? I am super excited. Um, her name is Amalia Mesa, and she is the managing director of an of a nonprofit organization called Speak Out. Okay. And I don't really know how I uh, came to find them, but they are an organization that kind of organizes and collects resources, most of them being human resources, to support activism in all social realms. Um, oh, nice. And I've been to a number of their virtual virtual conferences or presentations. Um, I probably found them first because Tim Wise often speaks for them, speaks, uh, they, they host interviews with him or workshops with him. Um, and Tim Wise is one of my favorite kind of white co-conspirators. You've heard Tim Wise talk, right? Yes, yes. And yeah, so. Book. Yeah, so he's from books. New Orleans. He's read, has multiple books, but multiple read, books. I don't. I don't know which ones I've read, but yeah, yeah. Um, Tyranny of a white man, or, or something like that, was the first one I read, and then he also wrote Between Barack and a Hard Place. But I'm Ching when oh, yeah. um, you know the our country was saying we were post racial and. He, uh, from the onset, was indeed we are not, and we'll probably pay for this after the fact, which we did. Anyway, back to Amalia. Yeah. Um, so she's the managing director. So, and when I kind of, you know, started online sleuthing about her, she just has a really interesting history leading up to this. Um, she, I think, I believe she did her uh, formal education post-secondary education in film and art directing. Um, She was born in Cuba, but grew up in the Bay Area. (laughs) I I don't know quite sure where she is now. So that's one thing I want to learn from her. Um, But she is the one who always opens up these virtual conferences. And I am just always very moved by what she says and her presence. And so when you challenged me to, to find someone for us to interview, I was like, who would I love to know more about? And she was one of the first people who came to mind. Oh, very so, good. I'm excited myself to meet her. I think I attended one of those things because you told me to. Yeah. One of those things. I make it sound kind of like one of those things, but no, I mean, it was really good. And uh, I can't even remember what, which one it was. Do they have Tim Wise in one of theirs? Yeah, Speak out. I've, I've, I've heard been... him multiple times. Okay, it may, may have been that because I did attend one with Tim Wise and I think that was probably through Speak Out. Yeah, most recently, just what was it, last week or two weeks ago, um, I listened to a Dr. Pilgrim who was talking about, it was for Martin Luther King Jr. Day and he was talking about how we've kind of reframed Martin Luther King to be a martyr and by doing so kind of lost lost his message so it was really interesting 
but she is on the call. So are we ready to welcome her? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let her in. Let's not, uh, let's not be late. Yeah. Yeah. meet you I am just so appreciative that you said yes I'm sure your your schedule is crazy busy so I'm just I mean, so all happy of us, though you know so well it's true. I'm so happy to, to be able to do this yeah so this is um my good friend and colleague Jim Martin hi Amalia hey, nice Jim. to meet you you too thanks for joining us today Absolutely. so where are you Amalia so I'm in Los Angeles, California. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah, Speak Out is based in Oakland, though, and we all okay. work remote. I'll oh, talk, okay. I can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I'm in. I'm in California. Okay, and I have to ask: a real bookcase behind you, and you really no. organize your books by color. No, I know it's a thing. <laughs> That's yeah, beautiful. They're like, let's just do something pretty. But sometimes I like lose books. I'm like, where is that one? You know, sometimes people do it by theme and right. which is what I've been used to. So that happened to okay. me this morning, actually. <laughs> you were looking for a book and couldn't find background. it. Yes. That's you couldn't remember the color of the book. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, I, I have a question before we even start. Like, yeah. You know, when, how long has Speak Out been in operation? Since 1990, the same year you were born. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Oh yeah, I could be your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. Are you kidding me? Well, I I graduated from high like school in '93. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So close. Yeah. So 1990, and how long have yeah, you been with them? I've been with them for just exactly four years I started at the end of 2017 I mean we were in the pandemic for two of those years well we're still in the pandemic of course um but yeah so four years now officially I was I was working with them part-time a little bit before and are we getting into this now because I could go in yeah, yeah. You, yes you go I told you you get to you get to be the one to tell your story the way you want to so yeah All right. you, you put your foot on the gas <laughs> awesome so yeah I joined officially full-time four years ago but did some part-time work with them before um mostly with social media here's a huge fun fact 
my mother is part of Speak Out. She's one of our staff. And so I got to grow up with the organization. And so I went a completely different route. I was definitely grew up as an activist, like uh, inspired by so many people in my community growing up in the Bay Area, uh, California. And, you know, the history there is just so deep from the Black Panthers to, uh, you know, just so many movements happen out there. And so I got to grow up in that. And that's where Speak Out was started too. Um, So I kind of took a different route I definitely have always stayed an activist, um, but ended up getting really into the arts mm-hmm. and uh, performing and ultimately came down to LA and went to UCLA for my undergrad and did theater. Um, so that was so much fun. Met a ton of incredible people, started this student organization that kind of fused my two loves um, of activism and art. It was called SANA, Social Awareness Network for Activism Through Art. And we did everything from spoken word events to uh, we produced the vagina monologues, um, basically anything that allowed a multicultural group of folks to express themselves, talk about issues in our world. Um, obviously, this is very similar to the work I would end up doing <laughs> in Speak Out, um, but not realizing, of course, um, that I was kind of meant to be all along with Speak Out, I think. Um, but yeah, I got really into the arts and ended up doing film and kind of moving into film and spent many years working in like high-end production, commercial, like film, like the Black Panther and stuff. So I was behind the scenes working in production, um, learned a ton, was there for like in the industry, the entertainment industry for about six or seven years. And then it was time for a change. The Me Too movement happened and, you know, you've probably been hearing, you've probably heard about how Hollywood can be a very kind of icky place sometimes, a very yeah. beautiful place too, of course, but most industries kind of have that duality. Um, but I was, I was ready to move on from kind of the ickiness of it and do it my own way. At that time, I had started doing some part-time stuff with Speak Out just to help them out because very, very small um, group of folks who have carried it these past three decades. Um, but it was kind of at this interesting time in 2017, where I pretty much proposed to them to have me come on and help redirect some of the organization. Um, Because I don't think, I don't know, the time time where we were at, it's just with capacity, it's so hard sometimes to think about the future. You know, we get stuck in the day to day. And I think that is where Speak Out was. And at that time, I was also tired of the day-to-day. So I was like, let me help hold y'all's vision a little bit. So I proposed to them to come in and and they so graciously did. Like they brought me in full-time. I left the entertainment industry. If you can imagine just completely switching industries, but at the same time being held. Like it was um, a very smooth experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, so grateful. Um, to the folks that speak out who helped that and you know some of my other film friends too who kind of helped me move beyond um so yeah so with speak out I was kind of like running programs marketing you know with nonprofits. speak out by the way is a nonprofit, mm-hmm. 
Um, we wear many hats in the education field. Also happens. It just, it's just how it is. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, sometimes I wonder, I know I'm a jack of all trades, you know, the master of none thing. I'm like, what is, what can I be a master of? Maybe I don't have to be. I yeah. don't know. No, still being a generalist it. is just fine. <laughs> right? You get Especially a when you spread your wealth. And when you're making yeah. the impact, you are. So what, right. what is the mission of Speak Out? Just for those, who, I mean, Rachel and I were just talking as kind of an yeah. intro that we both have been exposed to some of your online presentations. But just um, for those who may not be as familiar, what, what does Speak Out do? Yeah. So Speak Out... Um, officially is called the Institute for Democratic Education and Culture. Um, obviously, you heard has been around for 30 years, and it's a nonprofit. So it's a mission-driven speakers agency and education institute. So it's super, super unique. We function um, kind of sometimes like a business, but mostly like a nonprofit because um, we, we do like fee-for-service. We, we work with our speakers to get them out into campuses to talk about issues uh, that are going on in our world to help folks process like the heavy stuff that's going on. Um, so if you think about like TED Talks or if you go to a conference and you see somebody speaking, we've, we have helped to coordinate that. But all of our speakers focus around social justice issues, education, um, a lot of like big, you know, visionaries and icon activists, uh, scholars, um, you can see the full list of, of all of our speakers and artists on our website, uh, speakoutnow.org, just an incredible group of folks and really has been curated over these past few years. Uh, I'm sorry, past 30 some years. Um, you know, folks like Angela Davis, Dolores Huerta, Sonia Sanchez. Um, I mean, the list just really goes on. And I got to witness some of these folks when I was younger, like speaking and just the transformation, like as a young person. So I think, you know, now I'm being part of Speak Out in this other way, kind of on the back end, I'm just like, wow, like every day I feel like I'm making a difference because I know these voices are going out and really, really making a change. Um, so yeah, we have the speakers agency and then this other component that we call our education institute. And it's really a space of learning, a space of digging deeper and expanding your mind, but all through the lens of social justice, racial justice, gender issues. Um, we really want people to think critically, you know. Um, I definitely love to be inspired and I've uh, actually been to a few like virtual events recently where it's just all about that like inspiration but there is this lack of kind of realizing some of the intersectionalities of like how we move around in this world whether that be because of your race or gender how you express yourself you know ability um so anyway that all has me thinking um so with the education institute we put on programs that you know, just get us all thinking from the Summer Institute, virtual events. Sounds like, you know, you all have been to some, so that's so awesome. Um, and more. I mean, we're continuously growing. So uh, this Education Institute part is fairly new. It really just launched in, in the beginning of the uh, pandemic. Oh, cool. So, yeah. 
so much more. We would love to hear what you want this space to be as well, because it's just like like-minded a uh, group of like-minded individuals where we all come together. You know, people who care about the same issues of education, anti-racism, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Jim and I, we're both white, and we're from Utah, which is um, you know a, a predominantly white state with a predominant culture that um, prevails here. And we've been doing um, a lot of anti-racist work from the onset, both of us, when we joined the profession. And it's a challenge. Um, So I, that's, I, anytime you have a speaker who kind of speaks to ideas that I think can help my community understand what they need to grapple with, I just always am so appreciative by that and learn so yeah. much from it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, was, I was going to ask you when, at what point in your life did you realize that you were an activist, but it sounds like maybe from birth? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I, I feel like I can't, like, when I think about my, my ancestors, you know, I really am like proud. I really come from a long line of activists, storytellers, movers, shakers, all the things. Um, I believe we all do. So, you know, let's see your yeah. past. Um, but yeah, I think from birth, like my mom was, you know, super radical. She's part of the guy, super radical, kind of like hippie, went to Cuba. I was born in Cuba, um, grew, up, grew up in the Bay Area, just surrounded by incredible community. I realized that this is a huge privilege. Not everybody can say, um, a lot of people come to it at different points in life. Um, I was blessed to literally, I feel like, be born in the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has heavily influenced my worldview because it's all I know. You know, mm-hmm. I've never not known to have compassion for somebody else who I might not understand or, um, yeah, just that type of thinking, yeah. trying to always understand somebody else's experiences. Um, you know, even if they are hateful like okay well why like let's look at the heart of this and why this is happening and not so individualistic I think uh knowing activism from an early age is really just being human honestly like like like, you know activist means that we're having to like go against like something like just trying to be human you know yeah that's a beautiful way of putting it so yeah. how do you, because um, there are activists on both sides, right? So how do you kind of grapple with some of the uh, folks that maybe come at you with a different position? And, you know, we're, we're faced with that always in schools. I'm a principal yeah. and Rachel is a consultant. So we are constantly faced with, you know, how do we bridge those two divides? And I mean, I'm talking about it as if there's, you know, two opposing views, but really there's a lot in between. Sure, right? so yeah, how yeah. do you bring all of that together? How do you, how to speak out address that or handle that? Yeah, I mean, it is hard. There's, there's this feeling of polarity. Gosh, yeah, it really kind of sucks. But for speak out, I mean, first of all, it's just important that we listen, like to everybody, like what is going on out there, you know? Um, and then ultimately it does come down to truth. So we of course follow truth um, with speak out and then we try to uplift that. 
with with what we're learning. I think, you know, we we do get often backlash with whether it's our speakers or the organization. I think something that is on my mind around this is a concept that Loretta Ross has lifted up, which is uh, the ca calling in instead of calling out. I went to, I, I was part of that. Okay, um, awesome. And I loved yeah, it. I created yeah. like a whole uh, series of professional development for oh a school here in Utah based on her work just from that okay. small exposure. Don't leave, don't leave me behind. What's calling, what's it between calling in and calling out? It's a pretty simple concept, I think, but there's so much to it and so much that you can't unpack, which, yeah. But essentially, instead of, you know, this, can't, this idea of cancel culture and folks who say something that might be problematic and then we shut them down. Um, well, instead of like calling them out and like kind of attacking them for these thoughts or whatever they're saying, we kind of call them in. We challenge them to actually, let's have a conversation about this. Why are you saying this? Let's go deeper. Um, it's a little bit more with compassion versus as we know, especially with the internet age, um, there can be just a lot of attacking behind the screens and that's mm -hmm. not always fair to folks. Um, something that they do clarify is when, when folks are talking about calling in is they say like, don't, don't get me wrong, this, we do need to keep people accountable. So if somebody says something messed up, like there's a, there is a difference, you know? Um, but we do think about, you know, there are folks who kind of are maybe not so into politics or kind of in, in between, or this doesn't affect me. Um, well, first of all, our whole world affects everything. Like you just have to open up a little bit and see that it does. But um, there are some folks who maybe just don't know. And those are the folks who we need to kind of put a hand and, and say, put a hand out and say, like, join me. Like, let's have this conversation. Walk by me. Let's figure this out together. A lot of folks might say, that's a lot of work. And it is. But this is like what we've been dealt. So it's kind of like, we have to do the work. We have to do it. Um, I don't have all the answers for sure about this, but ultimately I just try to be open and, and compassionate and to keep asking folks questions um, to dig deeper. Um, Cause yeah, I feel like if you don't know the, the, uh, the answer, you can always just ask the question back. Mm -hmm. So how do you all deal yeah. with it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> how do you all deal with it? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to figure out. Like, that's why we kind of created the podcast and called it yes and no, because we're just trying to like, you know, figure out through knowledge, through um, learning, which we both are really supportive of, you know, how do we move the needle for kids? Mm -hmm. You know, because we've, we've seen um, a lot of flatlining in our system for a really long time, a lot of status quo. And so yeah. we're all about trying to move that needle and how do we do it? How do we work with folks of all kinds to be able to, to, to do that? And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's amazing. I don't know that that answered your question. How do we do it? It's just, we just keep going, you know? Yeah, yeah listen, right. listening is a great suggestion. I love that because I don't think we listen very well to one another and, certainly not at deep levels to try to understand. So I think that's an important thing. It's definitely work. I mean, I can't even say that I always listen. Sometimes I live in my, you know, California activist bubble 
and realize like, okay, there's, there's just a lot more work to be do to be done. And it's, uh, you have to be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel loves that word intentional, by the way. So you just scored no. extra points by saying polarities <laughs> and intentional. Okay, polarity. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, one thing I love about when I get to attend the speak out, um, event is the way you begin each of those sessions. Mm-hmm. So, and then also recently, I don't remember this when I first started jumping on as, as often as I could, but recently there's this amazing video that, <laughs> that you play that accompanies, you know, before you start your introduction. So can you talk about those two things? How did that video come to be? Yes. And with your given background in filmmaking, did you create or like orchestrate that video and then talk about the way you open up each session? Yes. Okay. I did create the video again. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's also my love over. It's like, you know, like I said, we're small over here. Um, sometimes folks like think with the amount of work and like stuff that we're putting out that we're like 50 Huge. people, but yeah. we're four. Um, so yeah. Um, it's okay, not so small. Sh- that is miniature. Yeah. We're growing. We're growing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I think that's just also quickly to be said, like, we really don't have to be perfect. We are doing the best we can. We keep yeah. moving forward. That's what I have to also remind myself. Um, but yes, yeah, so I uh, produced the video. It's a variety of clips of our speakers um, with some other noted folks like MLK. And it's basically to honor the 30 years of Speak Out and to get folks pumped up about like what we do and the power of what we do, um, which is bringing these voices around the country. So yeah, you can actually check it out on our website, on our YouTube, I think it's on our Instagram or at the beginning of most uh, events. Yeah, we'll attach it to our podcast so people can can view that. It, It is really inspiring. I love it. Yeah, it's really, it's, it gets me pumped up every time. I can yeah. watch it every time. Um, so yes, that we did that. And with the opening, I mean, we just want to set folks in the mood. So we have that video. And then I think it's important to lay the land and the energy of what Speak Out is and what we do. Um, so I think we've had a lot of positive response about the openings. And I think it's because like we really create a sense of community when folks yeah. first, first come in. You know, we like, we have some music playing, like a visual so folks know they're in the right place. Um, it's just, it's only on Zoom. And I know there's way more high tech ways of doing these things, um, but we figured out our groove. And, you know, at this point I've been hosting the virtual events and one major piece that we like to do is a uh, land life and labor acknowledgement. Um, so you've probably heard about land acknowledgements, um, and hopefully maybe some of your schools or institutions have adapted them. I think one thing to just be, so a land acknowledgement in case folks don't know is basically honoring the indigenous folks and the, the labor and history of the land that you are on that has been stolen. I mean, we just have to get that out of that. This land was stolen. You know, we're here, you know, we can't change the past. So what do we do with it? We can't think of land acknowledgements in this like 
past tense or like, oh, like native folks aren't alive. Like they're here and thriving and we want to uplift that. And because native and indigenous people are like some of the most marginalized folks, Mm -hmm. we have to do what we can in our power to move the needle with that. Um, So there are some resources on our website more about it and like how to just deepen the work. You know, if there are native kids in your community, getting them scholarships to attend things, like there's so many things um, beyond the land. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just gonna ask about that because, you know, I I don't think most people even think about the land they occupy, you know, that they live Mm -hmm. on, that they go to work on. And so I really like that idea of, you know, it's not about like, changing the past, it's about acknowledging the, the present, right? Mm-hmm. The reality yeah. of the present. And so I'm just wondering how would somebody go about learning about the land yeah. <laughs> that, they're, that they're navigating every single day? Because most people, like I said, don't even think about it. We just kind of- Yeah, I think we're also just out of touch because our focus is like, uh, like sometimes just looking around and being in touch with the earth, it can be very powerful. So there's multiple levels to this. Um, I think, uh, so one website that folks can actually go to to see what indigenous original caretakers land they are on is native-land.ca, native-land.ca. And you can kind of like see your territory. There's various resources um, talking about, you know, why does this matter? What are... uh, some different examples, um, the history of those peoples. It's all out there. I mean, you can just type in, you know, your city or region and and find it out and then go, go deeper, find some of the history, then bring it to folks. Um, I think, yeah, I think you're going to have, like every person is going to have to do the work on what moving beyond that just acknowledging might mean. And we actually have a really great webinar that we recently did called Beyond, Beyond Land Acknowledgements that you can get for free on our website. So I think it's about an hour and super in-depth, like great ideas um, from one of our speakers, Dr. Adrian Keene, who's of the Cherokee Nation. Um, so yeah, I mean, that is probably going to be one of your best resources too. We'll link um, all of that to the podcast. I do have to admit that after one of the sessions where you opened with that, I was like, oh my God, I am a public educator and I don't even know. <laughs> so I went and did some research about I mean, I, I live 10 minutes away from University of Utah and they're the Utes, of course, still. Mm. And so I knew, I knew that um, nation was in the area. And then I work on the Navajo nation down in Southern Utah. Um, but Jim, do you know how many different native tribes or nations no. are in our state? No, I feel very irresponsible for not knowing that, but yeah. I'm going to go to the website and look it up. Yes. I think it's really important. And I'm going to check out the, the webinar that you mentioned, because I'd love to. Yeah, to yeah it's really good. Work. What yeah, about it's all the, learning? What about like, um, you know, like I can hear some people saying like, well, this doesn't really impact me because, you know, in Utah, especially like we often have predominantly white spaces. And so what would you say to somebody who says, you know, well, 
why do I need to even learn about that? Or why do I need to know what land I'm on? Because we don't have um, indigenous yeah, it doesn't really. folks in this area, living actively in this area. So what-, what Well, I, I hate to say it, but there probably was a group of folks in the United States during World War II who was saying the same things about the Holocaust. That's over there. Mm-hmm. We don't need to deal with that. So it's like, does it affect you or does it not? Like these types of, these things are too big to not affect you. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you think they don't, they do. Mm-hmm. Also, like we can't think, think that small that, that, that like it's all about compassion for other people too. Like, okay, maybe it doesn't affect you. That's okay. You can still bring awareness to an issue that's affecting somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's no reason it should not take much labor to bring awareness as the first step about issues. Then you can take the next step, which is a little more action. But that first step, I think anybody can do that. Yeah. You just have to be willing, and it can be very scary and courageous. Um, but yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So you've you've mentioned your mom a couple times. So I'm imagining she had a huge impact on you growing up to be who you are and and um, a big influence on your learning. Can you name anyone else that has had like a significant impact on who you are or choices you've made or moments of bravery that that you've taken in the in the movement of social justice yeah um so the the first person that comes to mind her name is sarah kroll and she was and recently retired but was the artistic director of destiny arts center which is a youth development and arts organization in oakland california and i grew up there since i was six so at this center Uh, They had dance and martial arts classes, but also all through the lens of um, building young, amazing leaders and like really giving young people voice. We did, we weaved conflict resolution and meditation through um, our martial arts and dance classes. And uh, more in my teenage years, they had a Destiny Arts Youth Performance Company. And Sarah was also the leader of that. And like, I'm pretty sure a lot of who I am is because of her. Not only was she an activist, but her care for young people. And I mean, she was a teacher, she was my teacher. Um, And the way that she allowed like me as an individual, as a young person to take up space and to have my voice heard, in this youth performance company, we would do a lot of writing exercises and ended up doing shows and like theater shows that also we've been. So theater, dance, martial arts, all of it. And we would write our own shows. We would write monologues about the issues we were going through as young people. And we would do a dance about this other conflict that we felt and all these ways of expressing like she gave us that space and I think that was one of the greatest gifts I could ever receive Mm. um I think I I probably would not feel as confident in my voice these days if it wasn't for her 
But in some ways, I even feel like I was a louder uh, young person because of hers. So I'm so grateful. And, and uh, yeah, Sarah Pearl, amazing person. You can look her up. She's still doing amazing things and uh, is an award-winning educator. Very cool. That's awesome. And I think that what I'm hearing you say is like one of her biggest superpowers was just being able to activate student voice to, to take the student voice that was already wanting to come out and just giving it a space to thrive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important in our schools because oftentimes kids, young people feel like they have no voice in our educational system. So that's really a powerful message. I and think the impact this- that that had on you So. Absolutely. It's so interesting, this kind of theme of voice, because Speak Out's uh, tagline is voices changing lives. So yeah, I think it is. It's like about our our voice, you know, many of us here, I'm sure are aware of these issues. So like talking about awareness being that first step. And then it's that second piece of action and using our voice, maybe, you know, to actually do something. Yeah. I have a question about that. So like, what have you seen um, transpiring as a result of the work that Speak Out does? Um, what kind of effect have you seen? And then also like, what is the vision of the organization? Like what's your ultimate goal, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, or even a five-year goal or a 10-year goal uh, down the road? I would say um, first around the transformation that we've seen, I mean, grand, it's grand. It's like huge. It's just been so rewarding on small levels, you know, emails from folks on a daily are just like, wow, like this was really amazing. Um, to, you know, surveys we've put out or calls that we, we've talked with different um, folks who've organized speakers and just incredible feedback, I think, with everything that's been going on these past two years, especially um, Speak Out has been this hub of like helping people process and to get inspired and to help vision like what this new world could look like. And, you know, the buzzword of reimagining, but like really that is kind of what we've been helping to do. Um, I mentioned that we were remote, uh, that we are remote, but we were actually remote before uh, the pandemic. So it allowed us to kind of be in a space that was really ready, you know, for the fall, for the fall. Um, (laughs) Capital F. (laughs) Right. Um, so I, and I think with our summer institutes and some of the bigger programming, like public programming that Speak Out does, it has just been, I think the biggest thing has been seeing the community that has come out, like from in the chat to like just people, uh, joining at the end of some of our summer institutes, uh, we have this like face-to-face thing. It's been incredible to build the community that we kind of knew was there, but only solidified um, in these past few years. So yeah, I think we've realized that it's all about relationships. You know, we really have to deepen those. So the transformation has been seen like with those relationships. We're talking to people more, um, we're building more, we're creating more, you know, not just like one-off speaker engagements, more like deeper series and trainings and really trying to do the work in more intentional ways. (laughs) Um, And the vision for Speak Out. I don't know. I love that. I love that you don't know. 
everything is changing you know even in four months we're trying to plan out and it's like what in the world is going on we don't know but what we do know is that Spica is this place and platform for folks from our speakers to amplify their voices that will help create and carry visions and inspire um, to helping to amplify like the voices of more of our like community and like faculty and staff and what folks are going through and how we can create programming to also respond to those needs. Um, our vision is for Speak Out to just be this place of like-minded individuals where we can share knowledge and grow and like transform together. Um, we definitely are gonna be expanding in some exciting ways that I can't publicly say yet. Um, but for one thing I can say for instance is this past year, um, Speak Out created a film grant, like a small film grant that I'm really excited about because my passion is also for film. And we were able to produce a short film called The Side Family Exclusive Game Night that um, has gone on to go to a bunch of really big festivals and is currently on the film festival circuit. So Speak Out helped produce that. Um, oh, so there's a lot awesome. of different ventures that we're gonna be doing, but to me, Speak Out's a place of creation and transformation and reimagining our world through the lens of racial justice, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do All you right. ever perform anymore? So Jim, Jim's really. actually a, a theater director yeah. and I grew up as a dancer. So you're like speaking oh our love God, language. Yes. Yeah, right. we, we both believe there's a lot of power behind that okay. um, space yeah. to move and create in different ways than kind of what the norm, you know, so right. is expecting. So do you ever perform anymore? I don't really perform much anymore. I guess, can you say like the webinar openings? Sure, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I don't really, but I really came like to realize that my love is behind the scenes. I'm a producer through and through. Oh, okay. No, yeah, awesome. for sure. I love producing. Um, so I'll be, yeah, that's like my other passion is producing films on the side now. Excellent. Um, that's terrific. Yeah. So yeah, you're on the, the opposite side of what you typically are. You always end the webinars for Speak Out with the Q&A. So I was oh. really <laughs> excited to be able to be the one to ask you all the questions. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so happy that, um, that you all like have been coming to Speak Out events and feel and know the power. Sometimes it's hard to articulate until you're really there yeah. you know and hopefully one day in person we'll get to do some programs and, and meet yeah well I just appreciate it because I think that from my experience the webinars that I've been to I mean there's like you, they're very smart people and they have the theory and they have the research but then they also are sharing their personal experiences so it's like how mm -hmm. does that come to be true for a human versus what you're reading in a book? And right. then I always walk away with like, oh, here's more language that I can use to talk to my community about these issues because that language that we've, we use to talk about, you know, anti-racism and social justice and all of that just continues to evolve so much. And that's what I appreciated mm -hmm. about Loretta's bring people into reflection rather than calling them, you know, calling them in rather than calling them right. out. 
was like, she even made fun of, you know, those, those uh, like intense liberals who were like, you have to say Latinx. If you call them Latina, Latino, you're not, you know, cause that's not helping anybody. Yeah. To shut people down because they're using the wrong language. But I think the more language we have to choose from, then the, the better prepared we are to talk to different people, right? Because like my mom can hear something better if I'm using kind of more, um, you know, just different language than what I can talk to Jim about, because obviously Jim and I understand the issues at at a different level than my mom. Mm -hmm. So I just always appreciate when I have more language to use when I'm talking to my community. Me too. And I feel like I'm all, I'm there learning with you all too. So it's really like fun. I I wouldn't say fun because some of the (laughs) topics are not fun. A good old time, but um, it is, it is in some ways it is a joy to like, you know, be there learning with other folks, these issues that are constantly changing, constantly coming up. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a really great experience. Yeah. I really enjoyed, I think you've given us a lot of information that we could, you know, go to that next step with, you know, we can look at webinars, we can uh, visit the Speak Out site and, and learn a little bit more about the organization, maybe join a webinar. And, yes, join um, us. Yeah, so there are so many opportunities and, and uh, invitations you've given us today. So thank you. Yes. Um, thank you, I, don't know, you. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but we do have another webinar coming up that you might enjoy called Rest and Resilience in the Face of Political and Pandemic Changes. So that's going to yeah, be I just got the email for that yesterday. Definitely a needed uh, one. When is it? Next Thursday, the third, okay. February third, February. Okay, when February? Okay. Crazy, right? All right, you all. Thank you well, so thank much. You thank so you so much. It's great to meet you. You too. Have a great weekend. You too. You too. Bye, Maya. Bye. Bye. All right. She well, was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. Like, isn't her presence just like? I would love to go to coffee with her. Well, we just kind of did virtually go to coffee with her. Yeah, we did. I had my Diet Coke. And so it was like a coffee. Yeah. 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 That's a a fascinating pathway. You know, I love that she was able to merge like her performance as a child to art, to political activism. And yeah, I would have never guessed that there were only four people involved in that organization because it's impressive. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of great work that's going on. So that's, yeah. I, I love that she was kind of born into activism and has kind I of like found ways to be an activist in all parts of her life. And so, you know, that's her core value. I've been big on core values lately and just thinking about my own core values and do I live them out? And, yeah. you know, I think I'm always in awe of people who, you know, live out their core values. Yeah. That's their day-to-day practice. So that's great. Yeah. Well, let's make sure we link all of those resources to our podcast so that we can give some quick, quick tips, quick resources for people who listen. For sure. All right, Jim, have a fabulous day. Hey, yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.